going to see in this Genesis 26, the walk of faith, the walk of Isaac. God is going to use this man now because his father has gone. So we begin here in verse 26 in verse 1. And here is the same situation that happened to Abraham. And it says here in verse 1, it says, And there was a, fa a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gira. Now you see here the, the second famine. You see, the, the first Abraham, the first that came when Abraham came was in the time of Abraham when God had called Abraham out of Haran and he was going to Bethel towards Canaan. He was heading towards Canaan and he found he found a famine there. A famine came to him and now he went down south. And now he says here there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. So this is the second famine that is so severe. And then he says here that Isaac Again, we begin now with Isaac. It says, Isaac went to King Abimelech. And this here is, the, is a crisis in this man's life. There's always an uncertainty in the days of famine. And here, this man went down to Gira. It's called Gira is a city south. It's a southern, southern city from Canaan. And it's a city of the Philistines. And that's the custom of the day whenever uh that comes whenever a famine comes people will go down south and everybody will head down south and mostly they're going down to egypt because that's what egypt is where isaac was heading into he was going down to egypt down south and he was heading towards egypt and then he said in verse 2 it says and the lord appeared unto him and said go not down into egypt dwell in the land which i tell thee of he said the lord comes and tell him not to go to egypt but rather to dwell in the land that he which i tell you he says god never told him what land he's supposed to dwell god says again he's to dwell in the land which i tell you of and here you see imagine everybody is heading down because if you if you recall back in those time abraham his father went down to egypt and he picked up some riches and goodies there but there he got in trouble you know the trouble came because of not only he, he started lying but also he came out of egypt with hagar the, the Egyptian slave, which kind of wrecked the entire household of Abraham, also affect the world. And God says in verse 3, it says, Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and I will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. God says Isaac is not to go to Egypt, because he was trying to go down to Egypt. But God said, rather stay in Canaan. He has to put his faith now in God. God's now, because all these countries now having all these famine is affecting the entire place. But God says, put your faith in me. And God repeated his promise. That's what God said. He repeated his promise just like he did with his father Abraham. And he says here in verse 4, and it says, I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. And I will give unto thy seed 
all these countries and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed he says i will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven again we mentioned as the stars of heaven symbolizes the church the church is the star you know the church sons of god it mentions this the heavenly base and then he says, and then he mentioned the land. I will give all these countries. Now, the Israelites are the land-based people. You know, God says to Abraham, look for the church. He says, look up. For the Israelites, he says, look down southward, eastward, westward. You know, I will give the land. But here he mentions also, in thy seed, in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Now, the seed here is singular. It speaks about Christ. Christ is going to bless the entire nation. Because of the death of Christ, the entire nation is blessed. The entire world, the entire earth, the habitats of those who are in earth. In thy seed, it says, in thy seed shall all the nations be blessed. In Christ will all the nations be blessed. You know, if we trust Christ and believe in him, we have eternal life. So in verse 5, it says, And because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. You see, Abraham obeyed the voice of God. He, he was uh, obedient towards God. He obeyed every play, everything about God. He was, he was very obedient. Of course, Abraham wasn't a perfect person. He wasn't always a perfect man. But by faith, and through that faith, he was counted as righteousness through faith in christ you became righteous and we keep in faith we keep god's law we get we keep god's law and god commandments and god's statutes through the righteousness of christ that's what god god is alluding here he says abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge and my commandments and my statutes and my laws it wasn't he did it by flesh or by you know his own strength this was through faith he believed in God and he was counted to him as righteousness you see when Christians when we trust in God when we believe in Christ when we believe in God when we get righteous with God through the righteousness not on our own works but in Christ we get to keep the God's law God's statutes and God's commandments that's what Abraham did and God is speaking to him in this uh to his son in this manner and in verse 6 it says and isaac dwell in gira here he this man dwelled in gira you see he was his heart was towards uh going towards egypt but he didn't go because god came and stopped him but now he uh because he planned to go on his on this way on this journey to, towards egypt but god stopped him and now he dwells in this southernmost place called gira gira is closer to egypt and God knew his heart. God knows that this is what God is trying to make him to move out of Gira. But here, he's going to stay in this place, in this south country. And he's going to get in trouble very soon. So in verse 7, he says, And the men of the place asked him of his wife. And the men of the place in the Philistine country asked him of his wife. And he said, She is my sister. For he feared to say, she is my wife, lest, said he, the man of the place should kill me for Rebekah because she was fair to look upon. You see, in Gira, here comes the trouble again. Now he's saying the same lie he, his father has said before. You remember previously, Abraham 
in Genesis 12 verses 13, Abraham said this, he says, Say, I pray thee that thou and my sister, that it will be well with me for your sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. You see, now here you see the sins of lying, the sins of the father is now following the children here. Rebecca was a very beautiful woman, you know, it's a, and a beautiful woman that gets men in trouble. And she was a very beautiful woman. And he says, tell the lie that you are going to be my, you are my sister. And this lie is going to follow the generational. Of course, Abraham said the same lie. But here, Isaac is covering up Rebecca again with lies. If you recall, Abraham, this lie not only became uh, part of Abraham's blunder, but again, it became a habitual sin. You see, you know, that was the lie that constantly became a habitual sin in the life of Abraham. God had to finally deliver them out of those lies. But again, you see that this lie is following their children now. And in verse 8, it says, And it came to pass when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out at the window and saw, and behold, Isaac was spotting with Rebekah his wife. And Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold, of a surety she is thy wife. And how sayest thou that she is my sister? See, and Isaac said unto him, Because I said, lest I die for her. The problem was Isaac and Rebekah, they stayed in Gira for a very long time. Here they were supposed to leave because God says, I will call and give you a land but here they stayed it says that Isaac dwelt in Gira and they stayed in this place for a very long time suddenly the Philistines sought for his wife and he covered it up with a lie but the problem is that they stayed in this place for a very long time and they stopped acting like brothers and sisters and when he saw it he called them and Abimelech says I bet this is your wife. Why do you say that she is your sister? And then Isaac began to confess. He says, And Isaac said unto him, Because I said, Lest I die for her. You see, of course, she's a woman that men will kill for. In other words, she was very beautiful. And verse 10, he says, And Abimelech said, What is this that thou hast done unto us? One of the people might have lightly have leaned with thy wife and thou should have have brought guiltiness upon us you know we tend to think that people back then were very you know primitive these were moral people and these were civil individuals you know better in our condition today you know in our today morality has completely fallen but Abimelech was a man of uprightness you know he was of course he wasn't in a covenant with God but again he was a man of uprightness and he knew God in a way, you know, by knowing Abraham, he came to know God. And here he sees these people, you know, acting like lovers who lied and said that they were, you know, brothers and sisters. And he called them, he rebuked them. He said, you know, suppose somebody would have slept with your wife and our land will be guilty. Again, this man is a king and he's you know preserving the land and he knows that and he says you will bring guiltiness upon us you know this would have been a terrible thing in those days because it's a great sin 
and it will great sin what it does it will pollute the entire land it will become a pollution so this man is preventing this man from causing some kind of abomination in the land then in verse 11 it says and abimelech charged all his people saying he that touched this man or his wife shall surely be put to death the law that anybody who puts their hands and touch this woman and this man will be put to death and it says and isaac sold in that land you see isaac now gains the freedom and the protection from this king so now he's he goes back to work it says and isaac sold in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold and the lord blessed him isaac sold he worked you know he did something here yeah, he put a he put his hand on action and performed a task you know and the lord blessed him hundredfold you see he wasn't just you know looking up in the sky if you read ecclesiastic for example ecclesiastic 11 verses 4 he says that he who observed the wind shall not sow and he that regarded the clouds shall not reap so this man worked the field he knows what it is to, to work and we have to work this is that's what god's mandate is we have to work the land and this man who worked the land he sowed today we are to sow we are we are christians we are to sow and work the field you know if, if you recall in matthew 13 verse 8 jesus says but the other fell on a good ground and brought forth we are to work because there's blessing that comes out of work you know putting your hands on something and, and building something rather than constantly looking up and folding our hands and waiting for things to happen and that's what this man did isaac worked the field and in his verse 13 he says and the man waxed great you see he waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great for he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants and the philistines envied him this man became great because of this action he took he began to work after he gained protection from the king and that whoever touches this man will surely die so the protection was given unto him and now he goes back to work as a man and he builds and builds and continue building and receives so many much more so that the philistines begin to you know envy him and this man was influence you know tend to be overshadowed by his father because of abraham isaac is always overshadowed but this man was a very great man the lord blessed him like his father you see that the blessing abraham is passing down towards his son isaac you see as in genesis 24 verses 35 it says and the lord blessed my master greatly and he became great flocks and herds silver and gold man servants and maid servants camel and asses see the blessing of abraham is now passing down to his son now and also it says the blessing of god does not come with sorrow if you read uh, proverbs 10 verses 22 it says the blessing of the lord he makes rich and there is no sorrow added unto it so this man had so much possessions and god blessed him and he became great but here you see the philistine envied him whenever envy comes 
that is when things become dangerous. And the Lord is going to have to take this man out here because this man obviously is in danger now because now envy is always going to lead with, to murder. If you recall Cain, Cain envied his brother, Abel. He murdered his brother. Problem with you know the world is that envy is always going to be around us. Whenever you're doing something great for the Lord or whatever you're building something, as this man was doing, because that's what he was doing. He was building stuff. And the Lord blessed him. He gave him flocks and gave him herds and gave him store of servants. The Philistine now envied him. In Ecclesiastic 4.4, it says, Again, I consider all trivial and every right work. For this is a man is envied by his neighbor. This is also vanity, a vexation of the spirit. Because despite how what you do in this life, despite how good you do things, despite what you, what you do, you are always going to be envied by someone. The Philistine came and dug it and filled it with sand because of envy. You see, Abraham one day made a covenant with Abimelech. And this is a covenant that they made. In Genesis 21 verses 30, it says, For these seven ewe lambs shalt thou take of my hand, that they be witness unto me that I have dug this well. See, this is, a, this is the first conflict between the Israelite and the Philistines was because of well and, and because of envy. You see, Abraham was a, a, a very wealthy and influential man and the philistine envied his father and poured all the sands on the wells that abraham has dug, and also now they have taken all the land and taken all the wells that this man has built and that's what their envy came from right now and now is is now passing down towards isaac and then in verse 17 it says and abimelech said unto isaac go from us for thou art much mightier than we. And Isaac departed tents and pitched his tent in the valley of Gira and dwelt there. See, bring like to Isaac, he said, go, you are becoming too great. You know, in other words, this place cannot contain us both. And Isaac left and dwelt in the valley of Gira. And then it says in verse 18, and Isaac dig again the wells of water which they had dig in the days of Abraham his father. And the Philistine had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. See, Abraham was again in the well, you know, digging business. He dug the well and, you know, they, they stopped it after the death of Abraham. And in this place, they call the names of the place, you know, his father called them. It's called Beersheba. And then in Genesis 21 verse 31, it says, you know, this is the place his father had sworn with Abimelech. So this is the place Abraham had built a well. The Philistines, after the death of Abraham, came and stopped this um, well. So in verse 19, it says, And Isaac... And Isaac's servants dig in the valley and they found there a well of springing water. And here, servants of Isaac, they, they found a well of a springing water coming out. And in verse 20, and, and the herdmen of the Gira 
did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. And he called the name of the well Essek, because they strove with him. This is the herdmen of Gira. They fought with Isaac's servants and said that this well belonged to us. So they called this place Essek because they fought with them. There was a grievous moment in Isaac's lives. Whenever they constantly move and build this well and the water comes up, they're continually fighting with them. As in Genesis 21 verses 25, it says, And Abraham reproved Abimelech because of the well of water which Abimelech's servants had violently taken away. So these were a lot of violence going on between Abimelech men and Abraham in those days. Philistines, the, these neighboring countries now, they are building a lot of animosity with Abraham and his sons. And, you know, they say the strove, the word strove here was quarrel. You know, it was a violent way that to press upon. The Philistines became enemy of Israelites even today. You know, they strove with them and, and become violent, quarreling because of this land. And now it says in verse 21, and they dig another well. And they strove for that also. Again, the strove, the word strove means violent. And he called the name of it Sitna. Because, you know, he, they dug another well and they took it. And they, they called it Sitna. Again, the word strove is a quarrel, meaning something like it's violent. Violently way of taking somebody's stuff or, you know, in a big argument that is that leads to almost in a violent way. See, this is conflict friction between uh, the Israelites and, of course, Isaac is a, is a Israelite. But again, the nation has not come yet. But here you see the violence between these two nations. And then he says, and he removed from thence and dig another well for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehobo. And he said, for now the Lord had made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. See, he dig another well and call it Rehoboth. And he said that for now the Lord had made room for us. Isaac was not passive, but he was peaceful. And he, the Lord, you know, said, leave peacefully with your neighbors. And this he left with them in a, in a peaceful way. But again, here he was obedient and followed the way of the Lord and here yeah, the Lord came in to help him so we move in. and in before we get to verse 23 one of the promises you know God called upon um, Isaac is that he says be fruitful he says you know the Lord promised that them to be fruitful also in Genesis some of the promises that God has promised them was in Genesis you know 17 verse 6 and he says and that i will make thee exceedingly fruitful and i make nations of thee and kings shall come of thee and in verse 28 again abraham is to be fruitful and god is this is a promise god i will pass down throughout generations of um abraham so this is the blessing of Abraham and is going to pass down throughout the Israelites. This is the promise God has promised them to be fruitful. And in verse 23, it says, And he went up, 
speaking of Isaac, he went up tents to Beersheba. You see, now he, first this man started off going down south. He stopped down south and God told him not to go down to Egypt, the southernmost place. But God says, dwell in the land of Canaan that I will bless you. But this man dwelt in the place that God did not call him to be in. He dwelt in Gira. And now God will send uh, opposition to him in that land to, to thrust him back up north. See, now he's going up north because now everywhere he goes, he gets opposition. He gets conflict. He gets, you know, some of the times God will bring conflict in our lives to get us where he wants us to go. And this is the man he's now using all these conflicts with all these Philistines chasing him and striving with him and taking things that belong to him just to for him to move up north where God wants him to stay. And God is going to make good now, but God is bringing all these conflict, you know, just to push him to going up north to Canaan because that's where God told him to stay. Because now he says in verse 23, he says, And he went up from tents to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee, and I will bless thee, and I will multiply thee for my servant Abraham's sake. And he built an altar there and called the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there, and Isaac's servants dig a well. See, this is where God is now moving towards, moving him towards north. God is pushing this man towards north. And now he says that once, once he started going up north, the second time, now God gave him the promise. Before he was going south, God stopped him and said, do not go down to Egypt, but stay in the land that I will tell you. But now he stayed in Gira and got in trouble because he now stayed there where the Lord does not want him to be there. And now God bringing conflict and pushing him up north. Now he's going up north. That's where God now finally appears to him. And he went up in the valley of Gira to Beersheba. And here the Lord appeared. You know, sometimes God uses your enemy to bring, up, bring you up to the place that he wants to place you. And this man, this is where the God wants to place him. And now God repeated his promise. You see, now he's now God, God of Abraham. You see, he says, I am the God of Abraham. You know, God identified to Israel as God of Abraham. Now God calling him Abraham. See, because Abraham, although Abraham is gone, past, but Abraham is still living. Because God now says, I am the God of Abraham. He's not, Jesus says that Abraham, that God is not the God of the dead, but he's the God of the living. So Abraham is still living, but he has been, now been transported. You see, God will not identify himself with anything that is dead. Because now God says, I am the God of Abraham. God, Jesus says, Abraham is still living. You see, and in verse 25, he says, Isaac built there an altar and he pitched his tent there and then he dug the well again he, he worked the farm again he dug the well this is the place that God is leading him and 
this man is now acting by faith and then because God has promised him that this is the land you have to stay and he dig, he dig the well. But here it happens here in verse 26 and says, And then Abimelech went to him from Gira. Now Abimelech followed him. And Ahuza, you see, and Ahuzas, one of his friends, and Pichol, the chief captain of his army. And Isaac said unto them, Wherefore come ye to me, seeing ye hate me, and I have and have sent me away from you. You see, Abimelech came with his with his people here, one of his armies, and you know, and his friends. Here, this man, the same with Abraham, he's gonna try to make a covenant with God. You know, this man is a very discerning man. You know, he sees the hand of God in the life of Abraham before, and now he sees it in Isaac. And here, Abimelech. Isaac says, I thought you hate me, told me to leave, and you sent me away. You know, say, he said that to uh, Abimelech. And in verse 28, he says, and they, and they said, we saw certainly that the Lord was with thee. And we said, let there be now an oath between us, even between us and thee. And let us make a covenant with thee that thou will not do us no harm as we ought not to touch thee, as we have done unto thee nothing good, nothing but good, and have sent thee away in peace. Thou art now the blessed of the Lord. See, this man, Abimelech, was a discerning man. You know, he knew the family of Abraham very well, and he knew that God's hand was upon, upon them. See, Isaac had the wrong perspective about him, you know, he was just protecting Isaac and from the Philistines. Our enemies are not always the kind of people we think they are. You know, we think everybody that has opposition against us are sometimes our enemy. But this Abimelech was not an enemy here, but he had been a family friend and a, uh, towards Abraham. And here he's protecting Isaac. And here it says in verse 30, it says, And he made them a feast, and they did eat and drink, and they rose up betimes in the morning, and swear one to another. And Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. And it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servant came and told him concerning the well which they had digged, and said unto him, We have found water. And he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba unto this day. Because this man made a covenant here. And this is what God also blessed this man. This is the place that God says, dwell in this land and I will make you prosperous. And this is a time of famine. And now the well, the, the water came out of this place. So because of... The water, now the place is going to be furnished, you know, with water. And God blessed this man well. God made promises on his word. And it says in verse 31, 34, excuse me. And Esau was 40 years old when he took, a, when he took to wife Judith, the daughter of Barry, the Hittite, and Bashimath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, 
which were a grief of mine unto Isaac and to Rebekah. See, now we are in it. And we're going to see this fruit of Esau. We talked about Esau before, that this man is a man of the world. And no matter the appearances, the fruit always tells the tree. And this man is now producing the fruits. First of all, he marries the, this daughter of Heth. And this became a big problem because this man, for one thing, he has no capacity of the things of God. He sold his birthright to his brother that was given to him, the spiritual birthright. You know, he had no perception in, the, in anything concerning the line of Christ or the will of God. You know, this man is completely worldly and earthly, earthbound. All the things that he does is just to please his flesh. And this grieve his father and his mother because he's now chosen these daughters in Canaan, which God has, you know, completely told his father Abraham and prevented them to marrying and mixing with the Canaanites and other people who are not in the line of Israel. This, this man is now, you know, chosen to follow this ungodly line and here he grieves his mother and his father and also Isaac and Rebecca also are aware that they are not supposed to pick any wives other than the wives that is from their own kindred because here if you read in, in Genesis 27 verse 46 he says and Rebecca said to Isaac I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth if Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as these, which are the daughter of the land, what good shall my life be unto me? See, now you have a trouble in the household of Isaac because Esau now picks these woman, women who are not completely in covenant of God. And also in verse 28, verse uh, Genesis chapter 28, verse 1, it says, And Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, You shall not take a wise of the daughters of Canaan. See, so they are aware of this problem because they are not supposed to take any wives outside the line of Christ, outside covenant line of God. But here you have Esau, who has no capacity of the things of God. Now his fruits is now showing. And he lacked discernment on spiritual things. Later on, he's going to, uh, before he married a Hittite woman, and he's going to marry a Hittite woman. But here, now he takes, uh, the, first of all, he took the uh, Barry, the Hittite. And now he takes Bashima, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite. And later on, you know, in, in Genesis 28, verses 8 to 9, it says, Also Esau saw the daughters of Canaan did not please his father. So Esau went to Ishmael and took Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, and the sister of Nebajoth, to be his wife, in addition to the wives he had. See, he married, later on he's going to marry an Ish Ishmaelite. And these are against God, God's will, and against his father Abraham. So you see why God is completely against these kind of godless living of people because they intermarry with the ungodly line. 
and God says that we have to stay constantly, not to be equally yoked with an unbeliever. But this man, Esau, you, you see his fruits is now showing, and you're going to see more about this. But we're going to begin next time in Genesis chapter 27. Until then, precious saints, God bless you.